Good morning, Agile people out there in the world. It's the 5 a.m. Master Scrum Show. Hope you're doing well today. And we have Bubbles. She's awake, so I don't mind pestering her. Hi, everyone out there. It's me, Bubbles. <laughs> so the cat's here. She's like, oh, I need your attention. Of course she does it. Just as soon as we go do the show, Bubbles. It's not Bubbles time, it's show time. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's 5 a.m. Master Scrum Show. I am Greg Master, Scrum Master and Agile Coach. And today, we're going to continue our four-part uh, part two or our four-part series related to systematic bias. Um, and how do you deal with it? How's the Scrum Master help uh, work on that? It's all based on a comment we got the other day, one of our shows. Let's see, it should so, okay. Go. Um, Peluso Ambrose said, What can scrum masters do to tame systematic racism, gender, accent bias as it sometimes impacts planning? And today, I'm going to cover uh, daily scrum. <laughs> what do you do about daily scrum? Because you need to do all these things to help combat this thing. I mean, unless it's really blatant, like I said, this. This story the other day where I had a fellow engineer back in the 90s says thought women shouldn't be engineers and should be home. And I basically told him to go F off and and straighten his, you know, I was like, I told him he was nuts. And I actually enjoy the diversity, to be honest with you. I don't understand the whole thing about not having that diversity in a, in a team because it brings so much flavor and different angles. And the diversity is everything from nationality to accent. Sometimes I have an accent. My wife says when I go to Maryland to visit family, it's been a while because my grandfather died years ago. She says, I couldn't understand a word you said because your accent went crazy. So how do we as scrum masters help mitigate these problems that occur? Because we're in it every day, right? We're as agile coaches are mostly scrum masters. As the coaches aren't in it every day, but I've dealt with it. And I've developed different ways of dealing with it. So we'll go over that today. And it's 5 a.m. Master Scrum Show where we talk Scrum and Agile in a very practical and tactical way so that we can bring value to the customer because having a systematic bias is not going to help you bring more value to the customer. And we want to have fun. And if everyone's on pins and needles, not going to really have a lot of fun. So let's dive into it a little bit today. And like yesterday, I'll be referencing my... Uh, my notes a little bit just to remind me because this is a serious topic and it just can't be done um, haphazardly. And I wanted to make sure I express the right information that how I deal with it and different ways and set up for success. So if you read um, facilitation book, I have, to, I have it actually in my bag. I brought it with me to work the other day. Um, so um, anyway, Marsha Ackers, she wrote a book on facilitation, but it's about setup. It's about putting the things in place to make things work well, and you have to do that, right? So yesterday I talked about, as a scrum master, check yourself. Make sure you're not treating your teams as children because that creates a bias, right? It says it's okay to not value, not trust, not uh inspire your team to do what they need to do so that was part one where we talked about that a lot and getting to know the manager and different things and today i want to talk about really a couple setup moves and how you 
how you do team norms and how you do daily scrum. I'm going to cover those two. And then tomorrow, part three, I want to talk about sprint planning. And then in four, how do you de develop that trust, right? And that's key to keeping that bias down. So today, so what should a scrum master do is first set up team norms. You know, you'd be amazed how many teams I go help coach and they don't have team norms. They don't have definition ready. don't have definition done. So when you don't have that, it's a personality thing, right? The biases come out. When you have team norms, how the team's going to operate, that agreement helps mitigate biases because me as a scrum master, I can reference the team norms. It's not that, hey, you know, we all agree we'd be respectful and this and that and everything. I can say, it's not me. Hey, you're being disrespectful. Hey, according to team, I'm observing this. And according to the team norms that you're coming, that's not a good thing. Now, you may not want to call it out during a meeting when this is happening. But in a conversation, the one-on-one -on -one part that we talked about yesterday with whoever has the bias, you can reference team norms and say, you know, what do you think? What is your read on this? How are you? They may not know they're doing it, right? They may not know. They may know, though. All right. So that helps minimize the biases, whether it be a technical bias, an educated bias, a gender bias, whatever, accent bias, how you treat other people as part of the team norms and how you all work together that helps a lot when you don't have it you're setting yourself up for potential for that and again as we talk about this i am putting this question up um so we have that can i pull this down there we go so it's not over my face there we go so again what can a scrum master do so getting the setup with the team norms will help mitigate biases so the other thing is in daily scrum, and I did this before, like doing remote and, and having hybrid teams scatter across the planet, right? In daily scrum, establish an order of speaking so that people don't have to call each on each other who's next, and, and you as a scrum master don't have to say anything. That is another key. So what you're setting up is the mentality when they wait for the scrum master to have to announce someone's person who's going next, you are setting up chances for bias. Everyone can't do nothing without that person saying something. And this creates this God complex in the system. So this is, again, check yourself at the door here, scrum masters. Set it up so there's just an order. I had a lot of teams where I helped coach them the right way. They had a list and who was going where. Everyone had the list, knew exactly the order, who was speaking when and where. Scrum Master, what do I do? Well, it's not your job to call everyone's name out in the meeting, right? They're not waiting upon you to do what they do. Because when you establish that mentality, now they're waiting on a senior tech or someone who has the bias, right? Not blaming all senior techs. But typically, that's what happens because they don't respect something or other people to run in the show, right? You establish, well, we can't do nothing without so-and-so saying, which then this bias kicks in and causes problems, right? So 
by establishing an order, order of speaking, you know, it helps mitigate that bias because now it's, it is what it is. It's not me because you're my favorite. I'm calling you out. Hey, okay, Greg, what did you, I, you know, you do a lot of good stuff. Why don't you go talk? So, so it eliminates that thing. It is this a name and order and they interact. So also in daily scrum, do you ask questions after each and every person in the team speaks? So as you're going through daily scrum, do you think as scrum master, your job is to interrogate the person who's speaking during daily scrum? It's not. Most daily scrums, I never said a word, right? Until the end, and I'll talk about that in a second, at all. I never asked the question. I just let them talk. If I had a question, I'd come back later, right? So if you're asking questions, you're interrogating everyone, they will think that's the way they should operate in these meetings. So think about that a little bit, right? Um, if so, stopping it. You know, you're basically creating fear, right? Because maybe they ask questions and they're afraid because you're going to ask. If I bring up what I do, I'll ask questions. I'll just say, I did the same thing yesterday. And then you want to ask questions, right? So don't do that. Um, you know, you're you're inadvertently uh, destroying the level of trust. When you treat, and this goes back to treating people as children, you asking questions every time, you're not doing the work. It's not your job, right, as a scrum master. So you're not taking the, the code or testing the code. You just make sure the flow is working well. And the last and last item here is working with senior people. Okay, so I got to add two things here. My um, sorry about that. Must be a cat hair. Cat hair. Cat hair. Wonder why we have cat hair. Um, I want to ask one thing. Other thing about the priorities. Have the team talk first. Senior people talk last. Okay. It, you can do by names, but I like doing that way. That way the people talk and the senior people hold their tongue. And you're going to have to meet one-on-one -on -one senior people to get that. So working with senior people one-on-one, -on -one, have them go last in speaking. Um, and one-on-ones, ask them what their worries are and how can you help minimize those worries. So you need to have one-on-ones with senior people. They may think they know what they're doing and done it well. And maybe these are people or in the same, whether it be senior people or you see the biases, right? Have one-on-ones. And we got a comment here. Let's see. Andy, what do you got? Andy says, preparation allows you to respond to something as opposed to having to react. That's true. And thanks for the comment. Now I know how to work the comments in the system. So cool. Thanks. Andy. And and prepping and having the system set up appropriately to minimize these biases helps out a lot also. So that's what we're kind of getting at. You know, set yourself for success, not for failure, right? So in this question, what can Scrum Masters do to tame systematic racism, gender, accent bias? There's a lot of things in Scrum, how you set up these interactions to minimize and negate these. But in the end, I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to have to do some one-on-one -on -one talking with people. Not that you threaten them. Find out what their fears are. Find out why they're saying the same things they do. Ask some powerful questions, right? 
not directly pointing because then they're going to go, oh, what? I didn't say nothing bad. You know, they're going to put their hands up. But there's ways to say, what do you, you know, I noticed that every time someone or so-and-so says something that you ask a question or you want to go and tell them exactly what to do. And then you can share a story like I have, where I have a story where I had a technical person in charge, quote, scrum master, tech lead, whatever you want for one team, who would have to help everyone every day. Worked late, stressing out. By the time I got them convinced, I said, no, you don't have enough time to tell everyone what to do. Let them discover, and you just offer help when they ask for it. And it got to the point where the last couple months of the contract, the guy says to me, he says, you know what, Greg? I haven't got a call at home in the past three months. I've been able to do whatever I want, never accept the call, and everything's running great. And in fact, the team was accelerating because that one person wasn't the cornerstone for how the team operated. So I have to do those one-on-ones with those senior people. I have to do the one-on-ones who are generating bias and just have a conversation. And not like, hey, you're wrong. You're you're racist. You're you got gender issues. You got this issue and that issue. Don't do that. Say, I notice these questions coming out. What are your worries and concerns? How can I help you as a scrum master get over these worries and concerns? Right? What can I do to help? Right? Versus accusing. Because as soon as you put the accusing thing, you put a barrier up. So don't do that. So anyway, I want to wish everyone a great day. That's I don't um, part two. Part three tomorrow will be about sprint planning. And then if anybody ever wants, this is, and I'm going to say this, add this, even though I'm offering now a coaching program, which you go on my website, you can see a 30 minute, free 30 minute conversation, see if coaching works for you. This is a prime example of it. When you have issues, having a coach can be helpful because you can talk about it. And as the comment, let me throw the, the comment, as any comment, Preparation allows you to respond to something as opposed to having to react. As Andy said, one of the beauties of having a good agile coach is that you have someone to talk about, hey, I got this concern. I'm seeing this bias in the group. How do I address it? Here's some thoughts. And then you have an interaction with the coach. And that's a benefit of having a coach, to be honest with you. And if you have one in your company and you don't take advantage of it, you should. If you want, you can reach out to my program. We do offer it. 30 minute free session to talk about it, see if it has value. So with that, I want to say, see, I got to go. Happy scrumming. Take care. And I wish you all best.